Hello and welcome to the Flex Hoops podcast. I'm Matt St. Jean with Joe Howie, your regular hosts here on an irregular day, maybe the darkest day uh, since we started this podcast, talking about Providence basketball. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming everybody who's watching knows the news, but somehow if you're watching this and you don't know the news, Ed Cooley has indeed left Providence for Georgetown, as had been speculated by many, mostly in a joking manner for the last 18 months. Here we are. Joe, how, how are you doing tonight? Well, uh, I'll say this. Today was probably the least productive day at work that I've had in a very long time. And that says a lot because I basically did nothing on Thursday and Friday while I watched the first two rounds of March Madness. So very distracted, uh, really unfortunate uh, series of events that's transpired the past couple of weeks and days uh, for this program. Um, And the worst part of it all is our podcast in and of itself is named after Ed Cooley's primary offense. So Lot of, a rebrand. A lot of a lot of changes coming to in and around the Flex podcast. That's for yes. sure. Yeah. Uh it's the end of what a what a season. Um it's funny because we were talking about doing this show. What never even what it never even came up as a possibility is talking about that Kentucky game. Like we're I feel like we're already that's so far in the rear view mirror at this point. We can talk about it, especially if anybody in the comments wants to bring that up. We can talk about what happened. I feel like that is uh hardly hardly relevant uh for the future of this program at the moment. So I don't really know what we would take away from that game anyway. Um but yeah, you know, before we get into it, I'll read I'll read the sponsors now so we can get into the rest of the show. First, we've teamed up with SeatGeek this season. The, the best deals for tickets to your favorite teams. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, and they're here to give you some great deals. To get in on the fun, head over to SeatGeek, download their app, and use code NCAA Hoops Digest for $20 off your first purchase. If it's your first purchase, you can use that on any Providence tickets you'd like, especially yeah. if there are any opponents that come to town and you really feel like you can't miss that game for whatever reason it may be. Um, there's an occasion that comes up. Go ahead. Use that code. Save it. It'll be good then. Go ahead and use that. Uh, in addition, this podcast is presented by House Enterprise and in partnership with House of College Hoops. Head over to our site, house-enterprise.com, for more info. You go over there, you're going to find our Road to the Garden stuff. We just hopped off the podcast talking biggie stuff, wide-angle lens. We're going to go a little bit smaller lens here, mostly on this Ed Cooley situation. Uh, Joe, do you want to just give your thoughts right now where your head's at? Yeah. So I, I feel like I need to put this disclaimer out there first and foremost. If in life, if there is an opportunity for you to advance your career and that is ultimately going to financially benefit you and your family, I don't think anyone can fault you for doing that. I want to put that out there first and foremost because that is the true impetus for why Ed Cooley has left. With that said, and with that understanding, the way in which Ed Cooley left Providence. The backdoor negotiations, dragging the team and players through the mud, and now ultimately uh, and metaphorically kicking the program between the legs on your way out, 
it is a completely classless move for someone who got whatever he wanted from this program. Joe Hassett, who is the radio uh, commentator for Providence Athletics, tweeted out today that anything that that man asked for, he got from the athletic department. And what is left to show for it? He leaves for an in-conference rival that has won two basketball games in the past two years. Two Big East basketball games in the past two years. Cooley, it was the the figurehead of not only Providence basketball, but Providence College as a whole. And to an extent, the city of Providence. He, that man has a key to the city. There is a space on the statue of Dave Gavitt out in the front of Ed Cooley's designed Ruane Fryer Development Center. There is a space on that bench of that statue for Ed Cooley that is now going to remain vacant until hopefully, theoretically, some other coach can come to and restore this program the way Cooley did. It, the, it, it's really, really, really disappointing the way that everything has unfolded. And the people, you know, we as fans are, are sitting in a pool of pity right now. The people that are suffering the most right now are the players. I, I mean, in on March 3rd, Cooley listed his house for sale. On March 4th, he told the press that Seton Hall beat an arrogant and complacent team. Talk about throwing your 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 players under the bus. Yeah. They're the ones that are complacent? Come on, man. That's really distasteful. Really, really distasteful. And I think the thing that makes this whole thing as disappointing uh, as, as it is, is how amazing Ed Cooley was for 11 years and quite a bit of change on the end of that. I know, like, it's, we both went to Providence years into his tenure. The fact that he was there was a part of why we went. Uh, he was an ambassador for the school. I'm sure you remember. Otherwise, I don't know if you were there for Accepted Students Day. I was there. Yeah, the speech he gave, which he, he gives course. one every year. And I I remember I, I had a friend who ended up not coming to Providence. He ended up going somewhere else just because it ended up working better. He got off a wait list and it was a better fit for him. But he was accepted. He was planning on going to Providence. He was there for Accepted Students Day. Because of the speech that Ed Cooley gave that day, that day, he still is a fan of Providence basketball. Just because of that one speech. He's followed the team ever since then from a day back in 2016. It's the impact this man had on people as a communicator, the ability to connect, the ability to be direct. He would cut through stuff all the time. That's what he did. He's a no-nonsense kind of guy. Um, and to suddenly turn away from that in what will now be looked at as probably the most pivotal pivotal three weeks of his entire tenure at the school to be that out of character it's hard to understand yeah and you we just jumped off of the road to the garden podcast obviously there's a lot from the georgetown side of things i understand the argument for wanting to pick up John Thompson's legacy and kind of follow in those footsteps. And I totally understand that. And I think that's very well taken. I don't think that serves as a good enough justification for tarnishing your legacy in your hometown and yeah. burning the, the bridge and the foundation that made you as admirable of a coaching prospect as you were to earn $6 million from Georgetown university. 
the the reason Georgetown looked at Ed Cooley and said, we want this man to be our head coach is because of everything that Ed Cooley did for Providence and Providence did for Ed Cooley. He is not the coach that he is without the support of Bob Driscoll, Father Shanley, uh, whatever the new president's name is, Father Sikar, and Steve yeah. Napolillo. Ed Cooley is not Ed Cooley without those four individuals supporting him and the entire city of Providence and state of Rhode Island supporting him. And to walk out the back door in the way that he did, I mean, we haven't even seen a public statement or address from Ed Cooley besides well, he the did, George, besides He did the update his no, he did update his bio on Cameo. So we got that one. Right. The important you know, things. The important things that, you know, put more money in that man's pocket. That's those are the important things. You're right, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. And it's far, and I think there was a, an, an amount of frustration kind of under the surface in years past with him that got cured by winning because of like the way the Michigan negotiations went. He was fully prepared to accept a deal there. Providence upped it. And Providence is every time he's come back looking for more money, Providence has matched whatever he's wanted. And there's, there's only a certain number of times you can do that. And you combine that with the way he left. And I don't think he was fake when he said any of the things he said when he was in Providence, but it casts way too much doubt, way too much doubt. After all the things he said, I mean, in his introductory press conference, he kind of touched on leaving Fairfield to come to Providence. And he talked about how he wasn't leaving Fairfield. He was sprinting home. That is how he described this. Uh, and you don't put you don't treat your family like this. I'll tell you no. that much. That was the motto. First of all, you look at the title of this episode, family question mark. That's how we, it, he expected to be treated and how he treated others for so long. And this is a very, very swift and cruel reminder that it is a business <laughs> yeah it's a very very harsh and brutal wake-up call um and it, it it really sucks because this comes at the expense of the players first and foremost i mean these are young men 18 to 24 years old that look to cooley as a proverbial father figure you know you, when you're a college bas- when you're a college athlete, you spend a lot of time with your coach and with your teammates. And Ed Cooley serves as a father figure to these young men. Uh, imagine that feat, especially with all of the reports coming out saying that the team uh, and the players were left in the dark with all of this. I mean, obviously they're they're smart individuals. They know and they can read social media and be up to date with what's going on. But imagine not hearing about this and then. You know, one morning you wake up to see that your coach listed his house for sale, and then a few hours later he accepted a job at one of your in-conference rivals. I mean, that is a, a devastating feeling. Yeah, uh, and, and I think I feel so so badly for these kids because, like, they didn't sign up for this. Think about no. how many people – I mean, I look at Devin Carter, Bryce Hopkins, Corey Floyd. These guys who transferred into Providence – with years of eligibility left, planning to play out those years for Ed Cooley at this school, all of whom were told, us, we together, family friars, mm-hmm. all of whom were told that, hey, you're going to have a Naismith winning head coach as the guy to develop you, uh, hopefully into an NBA player. And when not, I don't think any of those guys are 20 years old. Maybe one of them is. I don't know their ages off the top of my head, but... I can tell you that uh, it's, we've all been that age and uh, have somebody who 
proclaims himself to be a father figure who you are planning your life around right make a decision like this i i just i feel bad for them they don't deserve this and i don't know i think we both agree we're we're gonna i don't really care if players leave providence i want these players to do what's best for them i'd like them to stay in providence obviously i think we have a lot of good players who could return mm-hmm. this is a bad situation for them i'm not going to pass judgment on anybody who says i gotta go somewhere else no. after this because this isn't this isn't what they signed up for and it's not their fault that they were put in this position no yeah and you really you can't do what ed cooley did after the seton hall game and that's blame the players you cannot place any blame on these young men for wanting to leave or wanting a different option after all of this. I mean, this is just, it's, you walk into the Ruane Fryer Development Center, Ed Cooley's picture is on the wall. And it's not just like a small picture. It's a billboard of Ed Cooley on the wall. It's, it's really devastating for, for young individuals like that, who, who, who trust their future, their academic and athletic future in the man, in that man's hands to now, be in the situation it's a really 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 terrible situation for them um i think the 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 kicker here is the day before providence was slated to play kentucky in the ncaa tournament ed cooley had a call with eddie lampkins from tcu to a recruiting call there's a lot of speculation right now that's been uh, debunked by Eddie, although let's see how long that lasts, that he's yeah. going to Georgetown as his next stop. He has come out and said, if if you haven't heard it from me, it's not true. I want to see how long that lasts because yeah. if he winds up at Georgetown, not only is that a huge FU to the program, that's an FU to the players. Like we have a, we have a postseason game tomorrow, but hold on, let me work on filling out my roster at my next stop. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you this much too. Um, when it comes to keeping players in Providence, if any of those guys are pissed off at Ed Cooley and want to get a little revenge after the way this is handled, they don't have to go anywhere. They can no. stay home and, and have a chance to beat him twice a year. Uh, we'll see who the next coach is. I know the rumors have been about George Mason, head coach Kim English. He's been there for two years. He, Got a very strong endorsement from Rick Barnes, a former Providence um, head coach, and his team is still alive in March. He's done pretty well for himself as a head coach. He got mm-hmm. Bill Self's endorsement, so um, obviously he's an unproven young guy, and that can go in a lot of different directions, but as unproven young guys go, I like the the profile on him there, and especially as a personality guy. But we, and obviously, that's that's all speculation into the future. We'll see probably in the coming hours, days, weeks, and eventually months what this does to the the program and these players. But the thing I keep coming back to is the way it happened. Yeah. Because as upsetting as it is for Ed Cooley to leave for Georgetown, we're all adults and we can all realize that, hey, sometimes you need a change, whether it's for family reasons or because you think another job gives you more opportunity or because you think it gives you a different opportunity or because relationships with people aren't working out the way you thought they would or politics behind the scenes this is a business it's complicated but i think we all expected that ed cooley would talk to us like adults like he has for years come to us direct and say hey this is it if you were going to leave for georgetown it was going to hurt no matter what but if you come out and you say hey i love my time in providence wouldn't trade it for anything in the world this opportunity is what's the best for me right now i thank you for all of the opportunities you gave me and i look forward to 
a new future or something like that. You do that direct straight to the point with none of these other rumors or anything around it. I think it's all a pill we can swallow. It'll be tough, but we'll get there. And it'll up the rivalry, and there's going to be a lot of emotions, and we're going to be mad that you can get over that in time. The way this happened, going off the bat, it, it, it feels almost like we've all been in those relationships before where you know the relationship you're in is bad, but you don't want to leave it, so you end up breaking up, and it just gets dragged out. That's what this was. It just makes everybody's feelings so much worse and destroys any chance of anything going forward. You just exposed all of your feelings, hurt each other, and it's done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, on the Road to the the Garden podcast that we recorded just you know an hour before this, uh, Jake Zimmer said, you know, there could have been a reality where Providence fans – although in the immediate short term would have been hurt that down the line, they could look back and reflect and be thankful for what Ed Cooley has done to get Providence to where it is. Any possibility of that was thrown out the window by the way that coach Cooley handled this. And, you know, I I think it's, it's, it's really sad, you know, Uh, especially because I keep going back to this. This came at the expense of the players. Like let's forget talking about looking to him as a father figure. Four weeks ago, Providence was in the conversation for at least a share of the Big East regular season titles, repeating what they did last season. There were were high aspirations for at least, uh, at, at the minimum, a three seed in the Big East tournament and a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. Providence takes a trip to Georgetown, wins the, that's the last, ironically, the last game that this team won. And all of that evaporates in the span of three weeks. You lose at home to Xavier. You get your teeth kicked in on senior night. I talk about, you know, I keep, I keep coming back to this, how terrible this is for the players. On senior night, you lose by 20-plus points at home. Jared, Noah, Clifton, Ed, that's how they remember their legacy on top of all this Ed Cooley stuff. You go to Madison Square Garden. You get thoroughly curb-stomped in the first half by your in-conference rival and their utterly unclassy fan base that's, you know, flooding the, the flooding Madison Square Garden to only come back and lose that game by six points after a heart-wrenching comeback loss. You then go and you're slated to play your best player's uh, alma mater, I guess, where he got six minutes of playing time a game and hates the coach and has publicly done all of these articles and reviews on how, how terrible his time was at Kentucky. You go and you lose that, and then immediately after the game, the, the, the attention shifts to What's your next? What's your next step, Ed? I mean, the the way in which this unfolded could not have been any more unprofessional and classless from a man who was supposed to be such a great communicator and ambassador for the program and for the school. It's really, really, really unfortunate. Yeah, and I think you and I have probably both looked up to Ed Cooley as a role model in some ways. The, the way he conducted himself, the way he handled himself, the way he was a leader of men, and, and the way he was able to blend so many acts of being a coach. I think there are questions about what Ed Cooley can do on the basketball court with X's and O's, and you're going to get various answers from different people. But not a single person is going to dispute his ability, at least before the last three weeks, his ability to lead players, to motivate players, to get the absolute best out of guys um, and to do that on and off the court to motivate people to do, to be better as individuals, to see them through so that they get their degrees to be a figurehead for a program and handle the politics and the recruiting 
and the money aspects that all come with that to handle all of the media obligations and talk to people to, to get on the mic when things happen and, and somebody's calling your name. He mastered all of that stuff, yep. which is a huge part of being a coach of a college program. And that's why we all looked up to him. And to be in a position now where you're questioning if all of that was a facade, if he just wanted more money and that was the, the whole goal this whole time. I don't like being in that position because this is somebody I looked up to. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the kicker with all of this too is Providence matched Georgetown's offer. The small Catholic school from the Northeast that has no more than 4,200 undergrad matched Georgetown University's uh, offer. I don't know for sure if they fully matched it, but they, they, got, cl- they, they got close. They came damn it, close. Yeah, we got the rumor for, for Georgetown's contract. They're giving him $6 million a year. And I'd heard rumors, anything from the high fours to the low fives for what Providence was offering. And, I mean, that's that's the difference between being, what, the fourth highest paid and the sixth highest paid coach in all of college basketball? Right. It sounds like this was not just because of the money. Yep. And if it wasn't just because of the money, if there was something else going on, talk to us like adults. Right. Tell us what's going on and we will accept it. We don't have to like it, but we'll accept it. Now nobody's going to accept it. And for somebody who wanted to be the, the, the most liked man in all of Providence, he will never ever have a, an opportunity to regain that crown. Yeah. I think what what is kind of funny too is amidst all of this, Rick Pitino accepted the St. John's job today immediately publicly thanked Iona, the players and the administration for his time there, for the benefits that they gave him and essentially thanked them for being the stepping stone back into coaching in the NCAA. It's been how many hours since this news has broke and not one public statement from Cooley besides the Georgetown press release. And besides him changing his cameo bio, not one public address. And you know what? I, I don't blame him because he's going to receive a hell of a lot of backlash from yeah. not only Providence fans. I have friends on the Villanova side of things that are really upset about this. I know people on the Seton Hall and Marquette side of things that are really upset about this. This is he has now overtaken Dan Hurley as the Big East's villain coach. And that yeah. might be a little harsh because we're Providence biased. But if Marquette, Villanova, Seton Hall, hell, even UConn are saying this. It's bad look. and it's and it's one of those like Dan Hurley for all of the stuff Dan Hurley does is a harmless villain. He's a good right. basketball coach who has an attitude and is very emotional and <laughs> who goes about his caring for his team in an unorthodox way. I guess is the best way to put that. But there's no doubt he's loyal to his team. You right. know he's never going to do anything to screw them over. He just crosses the line sometimes. That's why he's a, a fun villain. It, it's fun to go against them. He's a guy that is fun to beat and annoying to lose to. In yeah. some ways, I think you could say the same thing about Shaka Smart just because of his energetic style and sure. unique yeah. style. A lot of people don't like him. Those are fun villains. This is an angry villain. This is very different. This is the you screwed us over. This is the you hurt us villain from a lot of different groups. Uh, I guess it's the first time this has happened in the history of the conference. And I think it was you who said it over on the Road to the Garden podcast. Um, about how the Big East kind of has this brotherhood to it. Yeah. It's a basketball-only conference. Right. We're, we're not supposed to screw each other over. Right. You, you, 
there's a popular counter argument to this going out, out around right now about Providence trying to poach coaches back in the eighties. One, a lot of the people that, that, that are active in these conversations weren't even born then. So let's, let's, let's put that at the door right there Two, That was before conference realignment. And since the conference realigned, like Matt just teased, you know, th- this is, you know, a, a brotherhood. This is, we are the basketball conference and we are going to stand separately from all the other conferences in the NCAA as the premier basketball conference. So sure, if you know Providence and Villanova are going to duke it out on the court and their fans are going to rip on each other and blah, 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 all this and that, bloodshed, at the end of the day, we come to the NCAA tournament and we're like, all right, go Friars, go Cats, because we yeah, all want we all want this, the conference to be successful. And we don't want to get torn apart again. Right. Um, which has been nice. I, I like that you mentioned you brought that up, uh, and it's, the other part of this is that just because Providence did it before doesn't mean it's okay, right? Like I don't, I don't like these actions at any point, even if the school I went to has done them. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to change my mind on that. I'll be mm-hmm. consistent on this. I wasn't around when that happened to comment on it. If I was, I would have said, "Hey, please don't do that." Right? Like we don't have, to, <laughs> we can't go back in time and make up phrases from when we were kids or before we were even born. Right. Uh, I also saw this getting compared to the Corey Floyd situation with him That's... transferring in conference. I'm just, I'm going to spend only a second on this because I don't think that argument has any merit whatsoever. No. One of these is uh, I, I, somebody in their teens or young twenties. If we're talking about player movement in general, who is being recruited to go play basketball and hopefully be good at it. That is a far cry from coaches who are full-grown adults paid millions of dollars expected to lead a program with tens of people relying on them, players, uh, the other coaches and staff members at the school. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think the uh, think the athletics department as a whole is happy with this? You think the marketing department at Providence College is happy with this right now? A lot of people are reliant on this. And th- these are two very, very different things. So... Those situations just should not be conflated. See, we have a couple of comments. Should we? Uh, should we take a couple here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, I want to. I want to start with this one um, from uh, from <laughs> Frazier. Who we, uh, we know. We know Frazier. He says, "What are your thoughts on all of the Eaton Street and dorm signs hung up today by students?" I'll let you go, Joe. But I have a very quick answer for this one. It is just a small taste of what is going to be coming back to this building in. December, January, February, March, whenever, whenever Georgetown comes to town next. I totally emphasize that comment, Matt. I also think if you're the type of person that's saying, oh, you know, leave him alone, let him do this, blah, blah, you know, no, absolutely not. This, this is a small taste of what you're getting. And also, if you're going to pull one over on the entire college like this, you are 110% deserving of anything that anyone that is related to that college has to say. I think yeah. it was very well done by the students, especially given the amount of news vans and trucks that were driving up and down Eaton Street today. And also, you made your name on us, Sweet Together Family Friars. You preach at the accepted students day matt like you said oh i wouldn't be surprised if there are current students at providence college that were pushed over the edge to going there by the remarks given by cooley on an annual basis so for Mm -hmm. them to now see this leader this face of the institution leave for the georgetown hoyas well very well warranted well deserved 
Yeah. And, I, and I'll also say I thought the students did a good job of keeping it in bounds, too. Obviously, there there are some limits you can't cross when you're talking about something like this. And no lines were crossed. No, it was no. very clear. It was direct. It was to the point. Thought it was well, mostly well done by everybody involved. And I expect that same energy back in the building. Uh, if you if that same energy gets brought every night in the building, Providence is going to continue to be a very good basketball team. Yeah. And that environment's going to be tough to play in. Um, we'll bring in Megan's comment here. Shout out Megan Stewart, who is a, a huge fan of ours, an active yeah. member of our group chat, one of, one of my favorites. She says, do you think players knew on senior day? I think we have differing opinions here, John. I'll let you go first, but I think we have differing opinions. I uh, So I think yes and no. I have a theory that I can I can sit here for 10 minutes on my soapbox about. I have a theory that Jared Bynum was in the know. I think his actions today with the transfer portal and the potential landing spot for him will serve as evidence to this. But I think Jared Bynum had an idea. I also think, you know, players aren't dumb. They can read the conjecture on Twitter. Um, with that said, I don't think there was a formal discussion of, oh, our coach is leaving. I just think Cooley's mind wasn't in it. On during that senior day game, complete to be completely honest, um, I think the he bliss at his house the day before. The next day, Georgetown's on the mind. They get their they get their teeth kicked in. I think Bynum knew uh, is what I'm leaning towards, but I don't think the team collectively knew. Yeah, see, I differ here because he didn't tell them. I think they may have suspected. I think they're, they they may have thought maybe this is the case, but if, I, I don't think they knew because I think if anybody knew, we would have heard different things said by everybody involved. And I think that's what makes this, I don't know, it's such, such a tough thing. And we're speculating here, obviously. But yeah. like, if they knew, I think things go differently in terms of how the players conduct themselves, especially talking to the press, because that also means they knew this whole time. That yep. means they've known for the Selection Sunday media availability and the NCAA pregame and NCAA postgame availabilities. And yeah, I, I don't think I think they all suspected. And because he had not told them he was leaving, they all wanted to believe the best and assumed he was staying. I will say on player slash media availability surrounding the NCAA tournament. Ed Croswell's remarks in the post-game interview, I forget, it's somewhere floating on Twitter right now. He does not proactively mention Coach Cooley once. He talks about his relationship with Coach Battle two or three times during the length of the interview. And it's only at the end when the interviewer says, you know, can you elaborate on, you know, what it meant to be up there with Jared Bynum and Coach Cooley, to which Croswell gives a very, you know, politically correct media scripted answer. But I thought that was really telling too. And in the moment, you don't think much of it, but now after seeing what's transpired, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. When I also think you noticed the two players we've mentioned here thinking maybe they knew it's Bynum and Croswell, the guys who've been Seniors. around and who know him. Yep. If you're, if we're talking about being able to tell he's acting different and just differences in body language and the way he conducts himself as I'm assuming, I'm going to go ahead and assume he was not exactly the same, the same day to day in practice. Uh, over the past month as he typically would be assuming they would have picked up on that yep. and to what degree they knew i think we can speculate but i think do you think players knew something was off yeah i just don't sure. think they wanted to believe what it was um i do want to mention i know i'm gonna have to go in a minute here 
but one one other thing I wanted to bring up because we haven't talked about it at all. The Sunday night show. What was that? What was that? What was the point of that? I, I asked this on Twitter. Unless Ed Cooley is announcing that he is returning to Providence in that interview, that does not benefit the school. That does not benefit Steve Napolillo, who I do think handled it very well. And I'll defend yeah. him on this, on everything on this, because I don't think he has done anything wrong. And I think he's Agreed. gotten put in the worst spot possible here. It didn't help Coach Cooley. He did not no did himself no favors. He did not explain his decision. If he wanted to, he could have made his decision then because it seems like he already had this, the decision made. He could have explained it, given it out, and they could have coordinated this this media exit on Sunday night with him signing the contract in Georgetown on Monday. Instead, we got seven and seven minutes and change of kind of meaningless platitudes with some other stuff thrown in there, uh, all hinting at him leaving. Yeah, in my personal opinion, I think the decision was made in and around February 26th and that the ink dried today. I think the decision was made. It was made official today. Um, with that said, Matt, I think you're totally right. You know, I think, and this is actually Chris Jalbert just asked a question. Do we think Cooley addresses the fans or just pretends it never happened? I think last night's show, the Sunday night show, was Cooley's way of addressing the fans because yeah. like Jeff Goodman teased Cooley cannot stomach being disliked by his hometown. So any, after everything that's happened from February 26th onward, Ed Cooley could not stomach a public appearance to the Providence community in which he formally addresses that he's leaving and thanks everyone and blah, 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 all that bullshit. Yeah. That is why he did what he did last night. That is his, 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 proverbial irish goodbye he's letting everyone know his motive and then the next day he's gone i do think we do get a, a statement at some point and it'll be three four sentence written picture that gets put up on twitter yep. um which side note um his handle is still coach cooley pc <laughs> and he's verified on twitter he's the old school you know real verified blue check you lose that if you change your handle so he's going to have to change his handle at some point because there's no way he stays Coach Cooley PC. And when that happens, he's going to lose his verified status on Twitter, which is really, really funny to me. Um, I just thought of – that is that is funny. For those um, – for fans of The Office out there, when Michael Scott leaves and he's supposed to have lunch with Jim the next day, although not nearly as lighthearted or – good-natured as it was that is the best equivalent that i can draw to what cooley's doing here yeah that's kind of where it's like he says one thing and then the next day he doesn't show up to work yeah and i'll add another thing here because i think um this has gotten mixed up and i just want to explain how this works as a general thing i think people have taken some of nap's comments totally out of context here him talking about, well, we didn't find out until Sunday. Did. We didn't find out until Sunday doesn't mean they didn't know. We didn't find out until Sunday means that's when Georgetown contacted them. He's doing his media thing to look make Georgetown look as bad as possible right now, as he should be doing, and I'm mm -hmm. glad he is because th the school deserves some negative media attention for poaching another Big East coach. Um, but that's his way of saying, hey, you just took our coach and you didn't officially 
talk to me in any capacity about it until the day before he signed. That's not okay. But he's been talking to Val. He's been talking to people about this. I wouldn't be shocked if they already have the next coach lined up. I mean, we heard Cooley to Provid- sorry, Cooley to Georgetown. Within the hour, we had strong ties to Kim English. That doesn't happen if you just found out yesterday. You know, right. this stuff. And I, this, this is this is how coaching works. It's back channels and negotiations during the season. And that happened when Cooley first came to Providence. And I can handle that. Mm-hmm. You can't let it affect the season. You can't let it be drawn out and, and hurt people. You just can't do that. That's unprofessional, unacceptable. Right. And for someone who preaches that he cares about these young men first and foremost, and that he's a transformer of men and, and all of this other bullshit stuff that came out of that man's mouth, the, the way in which everything unfolded is just really, really unfortunately hypocritical and devastating for the program. You know, it's just, it's saying, Hey, thanks for bringing me where I am. Here's a kick to the nuts and I'm walking out the back door. Yep. And every single thing he ever said, well, he had the Friar logo on his chest. This is going to be viewed through a different lens now. There's nothing that can be done to change that. Nothing. Not a thing. And I I suspect with time, the other Big East schools are going to care about this a lot less. Uh, I think you look at the Big 12 with Chris Beard. Everybody in the Big 12 stopped caring after basically the first time Texas and Texas Tech met. Yep. But And obviously the way that that situation played out, it's a little bit different than this one, hopefully. (laughs) But... It's, this is going to be a grudge for a long time. And I think we've passed the point of no return in a number of ways. I want to, I want to end on one other thing here because this is something that I think Rob Doster had mentioned on Phil the 68 earlier, Dana Altman, who used to be the coach at Oregon. He was also a coach at Creighton. He left for Oregon. He left Oregon for Arkansas and he went down there and I think he did the press conference and everything. Like he was Arkansas's head coach. I think for like two days. And then he went back to Oregon because he went down there and he was like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't a good fit for me. I'm going to back out. And if Cooley had handled this differently, I mean, I think there'd still be a chance to even do that. If that happened, that he could back out if he wanted, there'd be that opening. Right. Well, that's it, not the case. It, it's the same thing. It, it goes under the same premise that I opened the podcast with. This is a job, right? You know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, this is how Cooley makes his living. So it's the same thing as if you're in corporate America and you leave one company for another. You're supposed to send your thank yous, you give credit where it's due, and you give an appropriate two weeks notice because that is in corporate America the way that you don't burn bridges. And so that way, if a position opens up at company A while you're at company B, you can hop back to company A and it's okay. Cooley burned every possible bridge that he could have had to ever potentially return to Providence. And to be quite honest with you, if I'm Providence college, I don't want him back after, after everything that's transpired the last four weeks, I certainly do not want him back. No. And it's, and when we say back, this can be back as a head coach. This can be back as a fan, as a supporter, as a donor, as somebody that's going to come speak at your events that, I mean, that's all off the table at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if within 48 hours, every picture of him, on campus every quote of his on campus is gone and yep. wiped because that that's the way this happens you leave for somebody in conference that's the way it's gonna go and i think ultimately it's sad that it happened this way because providence is a really good program now he has built this program up into be something that it was not when he got here 
Mm-hmm. He had a chance to leave a legacy, and that legacy is now gone. He ruined himself in the minds of others, and part of this is because I think he was trying too hard to to be too much. Yep. Um, and now he's in a position. The stakes are higher. There's a ton more pressure. Yep. He's going to be under microscope. This, this is not going to be a guarantee of success for him. And no. I'm not I'm not going to wish him well, but I don't wish him ill at Georgetown because I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's just made mistakes here in the way he's handled this. And it's going to be really like if he if he leaves and trashes all of that and isn't successful at Georgetown for what? What was the point of this? Now you've just hurt a ton of people for your own personal gain. that didn't work out. I will say it will be really satisfying if. Providence can sweep Georgetown next season and mm-hmm. Georgetown turns out to be a middle of the pack conference team. Yeah. I, I, it, from our side of things, that would be yeah. the most deliciously satisfying outcome of all of this is if Ed Cooley is coaching the Georgetown Hoyas in the NIT one year from now. Exactly. And that's when I say sad, I mean, sad for him. Oh, I yeah. Oh, feel yeah. For him as a person. I'm rooting for Providence every time these two teams meet for the rest of the time after this one. I oh, mean, yeah. that's not, not not that I wasn't already, but like, no, it's it's on. There's no, you're not pulling no. punches, punches anymore after no. this one. There's no goodwill between these schools, um, which I think had kind of been built up to a certain degree with the way Cooley had talked about the Georgetown program. Right. It, it, I don't know. It, yeah. It, you think of the in-conference rivals, like obviously – UConn is at the top of the list. I'd throw Villanova, Marquette, Xavier in there as well as teams where it's like, you know, the Twitter banter is harsh and you hate to lose to them. You love to beat them. Georgetown was never really in that conversation, at least for me as a fan. And I know other Providence fans can probably empathize with that sentiment. All bets are off now. Georgetown has now overtaken UConn, Villanova, every other team in the conference as my most hated team. And it's for no other reason other than what Ed Cooley just did. I think that's a good spot to end this. I got to get some stuff done tonight. This is the end of an era, the end of a season here in Providence. Turning a new page, maybe opening a whole new book at this point. <laughs> well, we'll see what the future the future actually holds. You know, we'll, we'll get in one more comment here. <laughs> I, know, I know, I <laughs> know. Yeah. Uh, who's a, a friend of the show and a friend of ours from the WDOM days. I hope interest rates go up by 15% and his house doesn't sell. Um, I had Chris Jobbert jumping in. Everyone book open tour, open house tours for <laughs> Cooley's house. Uh, maybe see if you can go jump in the pool. Why not? I, I um, did and see a, a GoFundMe. Megan Stewart. <laughs> I did see a GoFundMe going around today on Twitter for Providence students to buy Ed Cooley's house. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's as Providence as it gets right there. Go, go buy the stuff at our Flex store while you still can before yeah, we change the brand. And we'll take the money from that and put it into a fund to buy Ed Cooley's house. How about that one? <laughs> we'll do what Ed Cooley didn't do. We're going to give you guys a formal notice here. We will be rebranding. We're not, we're, yes. We cannot operate under the title the Flex. the Flex, especially given its ties to Ed Cooley. So get yeah. your Flex merch wallet before it becomes vintage. Exactly. All right. That's it. Season is over. Four losses in a row to end it. I'm sure we're going to be portaling quite a bit over the coming months. So you're going to be getting more podcasts talking about that. Follow us on Twitter. Our accounts follow at the Flex Hoops. Follow our stuff at Road to the Garden if you want to hear our general Big East takes and not just the ones for Providence fan consumption. And we will uh, we'll be seeing you soon. The, the season may be over, but the offseason 
is real and uh, maybe more important than this season ever was, depending on how invested you think everybody was in the situation. <laughs> Through thick and thin, go Friars. Go Friars.